My name is Trevor Dixon, and uh, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer. My background, basically, I'm from a musical family. Father and uncle were both proficient musicians. I never actually played an instrument because I just love singing, so that's all I've done, apart from I graduated into writing and performing and later on into production work. I came to England way back in 1968, and we lived in Kensington then, but as I grew older, I started working in Brent, found a lady in Brent that I was in love with, so I moved to Brent and haven't really looked back since. Great borough. I'm described as a lover's rock singer, a term that I object to. It's reggae music, but um, I'm a singer, and I'll sing opera if they need be, so I don't like being pigeonholed as a lover's rock because it gives the impression that you only sing one type, or you can only sing one type of music, and I can sing so many different types of music. Reggae has been my career because um, being a Jamaican, um, I came through this Garrox Daily era and then graduated into reggae. And um, it's my favorite music for enjoying and dancing to. I do like country and western, but it's not a competitor when it comes to reggae music. So reggae has been my life, and everything else that goes with music starts from reggae. I haven't really been able to quantify that, but what I can tell you is that when I go out in the street, I am recognized, and most people will say, my singer, uh, the singer has arrived, or uh, big singer, so I suppose that speaks for itself. Brent is a very diverse borough, and recently we find in, well, in recent years, you don't really have the platforms that we had before, or venues that you could go to to listen to reggae, so it's more like on a private, semi-commercial basis now. So you have a few venues that are licensed to play reggae, but there are so many restrictions that when you want to hear reggae music, it's time to go home because of licensing and activities like that. And, you know, the people who love reggae music are 24 hours people. When we go out to reggae, we don't want to come and come before 4 or 5 in the morning, right? And we've been here long enough doing this thing now, so people should understand that. You know, no crime has been committed that come from reggae to say you have to penalize reggae, right? So I'm just saying reggae, every music that we listen to now, actually start from reggae right now. If you listen to the beats, the tempo, the phrasing, everything is based on the Jamaican style of music. We've softened the edges here in Europe, but it's still reggae. You know, it's what we're used to and it's what we love. So we'll do whatever we can to do it. So if we have no venues, we'll go back to the days of house parties, you know, and then you get the noise people come around until you have to turn it down. Well, we'll do that if we have to, but reggae must go on. Well, we have social media now, and we also have the old-fashioned type of um, performing. I mean, that kind of activity, letting people know. So you have the flyers which people give out. You go out and you come back and your windscreen is covered with flyers. <laughs> That's one form of doing it. We have our local pirate radio station. We do a great service in promoting local events for people who like that kind of thing because mainstream media, either we, the promoters can't afford to use them or they're just not interested. You know, but um, we're getting by. So we hear what's happening, and of course, we have social media. The music that was played in my home was rock steady and scare from Monday to Saturday. On Sunday, it was like Jim Reeves or Ace Cannon <laughs> or Nat King Cole or something like that. But it was predominantly Jamaican music. Yeah, my favorite reggae track is uh, Bob Marley, right? Get up, stand up, right? 
That's my favorite track. But he's done so many great tracks, I could really up another 10. But that's my favorite. Because it's a message, a statement, you know, and it defines who and what you stand for. You know, and you have politicians who go out and preach politics to people and tell them how they should live. And you have people like myself who put good lyrics together and write songs and outlast a politician's word. And it's true from the day it was said, a hundred years later, it's still true. And it still applies. So, yes. It was an album I purchased called Tighten Up. I think it was volume two. And it um, I purchased in Portobello Road in a shop called... I can't remember the name of the shop now, but uh, I remember the guy in the shop was called Ben Up. <laughs> Music City or something, like I think it was called. Yeah, uh, way, way back in the 70s that was. You know, and that's my first record, and I've invested a lot of money in records since. Still have some of it, though. I listen to reggae music now, mainly when I go to venues and functions, but also on the radio, because um, we have so many choices now when it comes to radio stations that Whatever kind of music you're into, you'll always find something to listen to. And as an artist myself, I need to know what's out there and who's doing what and where it's coming from. I think reggae music has the greatest influence now on other forms of music, other popular forms of music that's being made now. Because if you listen to, if it's not the beat, it's the diction or the style or the pattern as they put it and you can always hear the reggae there where it comes from right there's no dispute about that anymore and it's nice to know because um in the early days people used to give it all kind of funny name and say oh it's jubba jubba music and what have you right but it's nice you know they're taking a bit of the jubba jubba to make up the <laughs> whatever they call it <laughs> music is music and it speaks an international language and if it makes you move and make you feel better, then it achieves its purpose. Business, I'm not sure because I wasn't really exposed to that side of it. But I mean, there's always sound system in Brent. And they're always on street corners. And when they weren't on the street corners, they were in houses. And some of these boxes were so big they could hardly move through the passage. Right? Because, um, again, it's a Jamaican idea. You know, you get this big box and the bass sounds good, fat and round. Right, and every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, you know, if you were like from age of 13 to your 40s, you're out raving somewhere, right? Sometimes you have to like, we call it shinning up and down the drain pipe <laughs> with your clothes in a plastic bag so that they didn't get dirty. So when the parents think you're in bed, you come down the drain pipe take off your <coughs> house clothes, put on the dressing clothes, and go out. And we used to have great times, you know, because um, that sound system, you know, because then they could play all till the next afternoon. And as long as, well, the neighbors didn't really mind, you know, because it brings some kind of, I don't know, happiness, you know, quality of life to dead, boring England lifestyle. You know, you just get up and you go to the pub and you come back and you have a meal and you sleep and then you go back to the pub again and then get rid of... No, no, it was a bit more than that. Have fun, meet people, you know, and that's how the sound system helped to bring people together, in a sense, because um, a lot of the um, white folks didn't know anything about sound system. You know, I mean, they call it discotheque. <laughs> right, so it's a totally different thing. So, you know, sound system is a culture, and now if you look around, people are also emulating that type of stuff. Right, so it's a trend. Reggae music 
had a great impact also on our fashion sense at the time because you have to wear something that was current. The artists of the day usually talk about certain garments, right? And if you remember these records, those days were made in Jamaica. We live here in England, or you might live in USA or someplace, and the garments they're talking about, which is popular there, we might have been through that up here already. <laughs> so, but, but because we don't wear it and tread bare, we have it stuck in the back of the wardrobe, so we can still bring it out and put it on and go, when you go to a reggae session where you know you have to wear something that represents, it's there, it's ready. You know, and people weren't so vain that, you know, they feel away if they were seen in the same outfit twice, two or three times, like they are today. You know? Madness. Reggae music has a great impact on everyone's um, mental mood. No matter where you are and what you're doing, when you hear reggae music, it just changes everything. If you are sad, all of a sudden you're not so sad anymore. And the more you listen to the music, you can find something that can bring you out of it. Right? And you're walking down the road, you're bouncing and you're dancing without realizing it. And people say, hey, look at that madman. But they don't know you're not mad. You're just into your music. While you're happy listening to your music and enjoying your music, it keeps you free from molesting people or having arguments and the rest of it, you know? And after a while, even the people who criticize you want to be like you. Well, the media didn't really help much. There are one or two good stories like your local paper would pick up, but it never really get beyond that. Like if a bunch of local lads was to form a group and made a record, they'd give them that you know, hey, look what these guys have done. But they never followed it up. And you know in this business, you know, you have to keep ramming the image, even if it's the same image on people's throat and in their faces all the time for it to create an impact because it's different from mainstream, right? Reggae has always had support in the black community because it's our music. But the record-buying public in the black community cannot sustain the level that the artist would like to achieve in both sales and lifestyle, just depending on that market. So they have to find some way of penetrating at the bigger market, which means crossing over is the term we use. It does happen now and then, but I truly believe there has always been some kind of ill intentions on the, when I said the big guys, the big white labels, they let one or two reggae through every year, and then you don't hear nothing else, right? But you notice what happens when they let one or two reggae through, the ordinary club DJs start playing reggae, <laughs> right? And make reggae more popular. So thanks, but you're trying to keep us down, but you're really promoting us. Give the people what they want. That's a simpler formula, and they want reggae. Reggae music um, is responsible for creating a language within a language. Because you hear phrases that you're not familiar with, and you have to ask, what did he say, or what did she say, or what do they mean? Right, and when you find out what they're actually talking about, then you start using the phrase. So, yes, I'm afraid that's what reggae does as well. Reggae music is a really good unifier, because, um, Originally, it was just black people who listened to reggae. You have the fun-loving white people who, when they hear reggae music, is something different, so they'll come anything for a party, and they're in there too, right? And we love that, because like I said, music speaks an international language, and everybody understands it. So in that sense, you know, reggae unifies. 
it brings people together who would normally be together and from that you can take it wherever it leads you get communities you know where you have different races of people but you would never know the difference for example like carnival right it's the biggest street festival in europe for argument's sake right and if you go down and you look there are more white people than there are black people some of them are not there for the music they're just here for a good time but hey we love that that's what it's all about when they get there they'll discover the music as well I personally think that um, reggae music has a lasting impact, not only in Brent, but let's just deal with Brent where we're based. Because um, the original men who owned the sound system back in the days, their children, boys and girls, are actually doing the same thing as their parents were. The only difference now, they don't have to carry these big sound system and boxes around because everybody has a laptop, and when they go to a venue, there's a sound system there already ready. All they gotta do is plug in and play. So it's it's there. It's never gonna go away. People are always gonna listen to music when they go out and they need to listen to it at an appropriate level. I am still writing, I'm still recording, and I've got quite a few tracks, plus an album and an EP ready for release right now. It's just a matter of putting it all together and coordinating everything. But my view or philosophy is that when I was a teenager and got involved with music, all of my friends and peers who were doing like welding, electrician, computer engineer, they're still doing it. So I can't. I've got to continue doing what I've been doing, just like they've done what they've done. You know, it's my life. I think there's been some immense development in reggae. Most of it, I wouldn't say, well, it's for the good, but not everything is for the good because um, it's a lot easier now for people to obtain your work for nothing. And you can't produce your work for nothing. So if somebody gets it for nothing, you have to pay to have it done, then how much more can you make? Because you've got nothing coming in. you know. But the music is there. It will always be there. We'll always be creating, but... We'd like to have it done in a more business fashion, but some people who proclaim to be businessmen, they are businessmen, but different kind of businessmen, or they had other self-interest. They're just using you as one of the bricks in their empire to get where they want to go with little regards what you want. So therefore, a lot of people tend to do it themselves or try to do it themselves. Right, we may be good singers or good musicians, but we're not good market people or promoters or production people. So in music, it takes a team of people to, to create an artist and make them look good, sound good, and viewed properly. And if it's just a one man out there, all you can do is make the music and hope somebody can come in and help you do the rest for you to succeed or reach where you want to reach. But we can't stop. We've got to continue going. I think there should be a proper recognition of reggae music based in a state-of-the-art building within Brent with all the facilities for the creation and the continuation of the music. Because NW10 has been the capital of reggae outside of Jamaica right, for the last 50 years or more. It still hasn't changed. Right, there are little factions, east, west, north, and south, 
But NW10 used to have everything you need or may need to do make music in NW10. So it's always going to be here. So Brent should recognize that fact and do something so that, you know. I mean, if you take a tour around the borough and see all the blue plaques that are on the various buildings and see what a high percentage of those plaques are for musicians, artists, right, more than other boroughs in London. So that in itself says something. Brent should recognize that. Britain never had um, reggae music or music for black people during the 50s and 60s unless they decided they want to listen to R&B or pop or something like that, right? But as the black people came to England, they started bringing their own songs here and they find they couldn't get them to buy, so they had to write back home to a family member and said, no, send me up some records, right? When those records arrive and they go out and they play these other people want a copy, we didn't have any way of duplicating it in those days, so we'd send back and say, hey, send me another two bucks, and that's how you become a record dealer. As simple as that, you know? So the music has to come in. It wasn't here, and after a while we decided, hey, we'd like to have a go at making some of this music. That is where the Lovers Rock came from and was born, right? Because the generation here decided we're still musicians. Our children want to learn to play music so we can make our own music. So we have the Jamaican reggae and we have the British reggae. Now you have reggae all over the world because everybody's doing it. So it's an international music language and a way of life for a lot of people. And once you latch on to reggae, you will listen to other music, but you'll always come back to reggae music because it hasn't got none of those heavy sentiments that's going to bring you down or give you weird thoughts and the rest of it. It's an uplifting music, and there's so many different variations in it. I much enjoyed this conversation, and I hope it might prove useful for someone somewhere sometime in the future.